0: there a doctor in the house? Doctor,
1: doctor, give me the news. I got a bad case of loving you.
0: Doctor. 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 And doctor.
1: It's time for Advanced Medicine Monday with Dr. Rashid Batar.
0: I'm a doctor, not a bricklayer. I'm a doctor, not a mechanic. I'm a doctor, not a coal miner. <laughs>
2: the doctor is in taking on bureaucrats and corporations that would stand in the way of health freedom and making sense out of medical propaganda the voice of health freedom and liberty robert scott bell
1: advanced medicine monday officially starts now dr rasha Bittar is with us technically across the country heading back home and we're glad you're here through what they call hell or high water. You're in California where they just signed AB 2109 into law. I'm sure you didn't know about it or you'd have been at, at Governor Brown.
0: Actually, I didn't know about it, Robert, so you uh, told me about it. So it's pretty amazing that they, that they passed this bill. I knew that it was coming up, but I never thought that it would pass.
1: Yeah, Ted, you know, when we talk about advanced medicine, so few physicians are plugged into what that really is. And, of course, the physicians that are know of the great harm that comes in injecting toxic medicaments, if I can even call them medicaments, but metals and other things, into the arms of newborn babies, much less adults. And yet here you've got a bill that says, well, parents of California, you're not qualified to take care of your own children. If you want to not get a vaccination, you got to go to a doctor that's licensed by us to, to give you a, here, here's a note. Here's your note, your hall pass.
0: And, of course, all doctors that are going to be getting these type of patients coming to them, they're not going to want to, the vast majority will not want to sign any type of a release because they're going to basically expose themselves for being brought up under charges for practicing Uh, outside of the standard of care.
1: Yeah, I I was thinking that, Dr. Bittar, when I was speculating on this last hour that what happens if you become a doctor that everybody goes to because you're pretty cool about it. You're like, all right, here's your note. I mean, are they going to come and bust down this doctor's doors? I mean, that's likely. It's happened in the past.
0: Uh, That's exactly what they'll do. It's easy for them to now target those doctors that are writing those notes and writing those releases, and so then they can eventually... Set the presence by coming after one or two of them, and, and the few remaining that may be doing it will, you know, get straightened out, and they'll be taught a lesson, and they won't do it. They will learn to stay within the box that's been created, or uh, they'll just eliminate them with the with the persecution of those doctors. And eventually, either in either scenario, there won't be left anybody left to uh, sign those notes because nobody will want to do it. Nobody's going to want to take the exposure and take the hit.
1: Yeah, and how honestly, how many doctors, even if they're mandated to be, let's just say they're forced to do it somehow i don't know how this would happen but i mean they're not they're supposed to say all right here are the uh the the benefits and here are the risks my perspective on what they're going to tell these patients is the benefits are if you get vaccinated you won't get sick and if you don't get vaccinated you could die i mean that's how they're going to lay this out they're not going to say anything about the risk of actually getting vaccinated
0: and of course that the i would much rather take the risk off the a disease process possibly causing the problem in my loved one rather than take a known poison that has a known cause. You know, In other words, there's not a possibility when you take the vaccine. It's almost a certainty mm-hmm. that you are going to end up having, a well, certainty you're going to get the poison and, and DNA addicts and other types of preservatives and other types of substances that shouldn't be in the system. Yes. Whether or not they're infested into pathology, it's a high likelihood, but it's a, it's a certainty that you're going to get that Poison in your system. Whether that poison actually causes a, an effect uh, to the level of causing death, that may or may not occur. But on the other side, it's just a possibility of preventing, and, and assuming that the argument actually has any legitimacy to it in the first place. So you know the the whole the whole uh, concept of the vaccination movement and mandating it, it's it's gone beyond absurd now, Robert. It's just, uh, again, I think we've talked about this so many times about the death struggle that this industry is having, and I think this is just the more extreme component of the death struggle. And, of course, some people may say, well, how do you say this is a death struggle when they're actually passing the bill? It seems like that they're winning. But in actuality, it's actually quite the opposite. Think about this, because now those are the people that were sitting on the fence at a certain point, the blatant becomes obvious. Mm-hmm. And so the, the, those people that may have been sitting on the fence beforehand saying, well, you know, it's a controversial topic, and, you know, I think the people can make their decision, now they're going to start seeing, those people that are on the fence, seeing that this is being mandated, a fundamental freedom. Again, we've said this so many times on the show, but I, I think it warrants for me to repeat it. When a government allows a people to, excuse me, when a people allow a government to dictate the food they put in their mouths and the medicine to take into their bodies, their souls will soon be in the same sorry state as those who live under tyranny. Thomas Jefferson said that over 250 years ago. And so now, is this not the most extreme method of the government mandating what we're going to take into our bodies?
1: Yes, and I was, I think, legitimately upset. I mean, I really, I think I scared away little old ladies and Democrats last hour in my perspective on this. I, I didn't hold back at all, and I, I don't think we should hold back on this because the simple act, you know, this is the same state, California, is where they passed earlier in the year this this ability of a 12-year-old to go into a doctor without the parents even knowing it, the doctor talks to the 12-year-old about the Gardasil or Cervarix shot for HPV, and they say this 12-year-old is capable of, of making a fully informed decision to consent to this shot. I'm thinking a, a 16-year-old couldn't do that. And suddenly now in, in, in California, that's all the rage. And I'm, it's like they're destroying the family, the integrity of the family to say no to this stuff. On top of it, now they're going to say you have to see the doctor for something you didn't have to before. Do they have money for it? Are You were in California just recently. I mean, aren't they struggling for money as, as a state?
0: I think that they're the only state that has signed IOUs for debt that they owe. So I,
1: I mean, I think yeah. They are, uh, who's? How are they going to pay for this? And that's the next phase of this. This is so stupid. This line of thinking. It's like, well, we don't want this to be a burden on the people of California. It's like, well, who's going to pay for all the extra doctor visits that you already don't have money for?
0: Yeah. Well, here's the, here's the thing. You got one extreme, as you said. They're saying the child doesn't need. Permission from the parent, and or the the government doesn't need permission from the parent to inoculate the child. The child can come in themselves, and at the same time, they're saying that you now have to have permission to not get vaccinated. That's you an know, adult, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is a this is a clear bias on one side, with no recourse for anybody on the other side. I mean, this is again the ultimate in conflict, and one of the reasons that. The separation of church and state took place, and so I don't think we understand that part of it here because this is the same thing: church and state, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, medicine and state.
1: Right, and and in part of the signing statement, I mean, they're are saying that uh, well, you still have a, a religious exemption, and and you don't have to get a medical professional signature. But c- quite honestly, how many people are going to understand that? They're going to basically try to ensnare everybody, but the few percent that, if there is even a few percent that really get religious freedom and yet the rest of them will be, you know, kind of corralled in like sheeple to participate in this, and then they'll be convinced otherwise. Well, listen, I know that's the freedom to be convinced, I suppose, but still it's upsetting.
0: No, it is upsetting. The question is, is this going to be the straw that broke the camel's back, or is Mm -hmm. this going to be another layer that's going to be piled on to continue weighing down that camel? And eventually, some of the straw will break its back.
1: Yeah, I, I see this. I mean, as much as I don't like seeing it at the same time, I think I'm with you that it will actually wake more people up in outrage. And that as we go around with advanced medicine seminars, remember, everybody, Houston in November, you got, got to go. I talked with Mike Adams. He might be coming to this one. He's, he's very excited to hear about how it went in Philly. So there's a lot of great things happening. I think this will only serve to increase awareness of the necessity to get get to these advanced medicine seminars to learn what you need to learn before you become victimized by more of this government medical media complex.
0: Yeah, I completely agree with you, Robert. I think that's, uh, that's the whole reason, the whole impetus behind this movement that we started, that uh, the public needs to be made aware of certain fundamental facts that are essential for anybody in order to be able to, for them to make an informed decision. And that's one of the things that we want to, you know, the vaccine aspect is obviously one major part of that. Um, it's interesting, too, that we got some feedback on the Philly seminar from the people that attended, mm-hmm. and uh, the only real common consensus was that it wasn't long enough and they, you know, the complaint was there wasn't sufficient time to cover everything. And so we may actually have to plan on taking into evening sessions because I agree there wasn't enough time for us to get everything across, and we had to schedule some conference calls for the attendees so we could get all the information across to them. So I think that's
1: uh... That's good feedback that it wasn't long enough. Yeah, you always want to hear that it's 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 not long enough. As well, man, why did not you just end that in the morning? Right, that would not be good. But that doesn't happen. I tell you, people did not want to leave in Philadelphia. We saw that, and that was a very encouraging sign. the The hunger is there, and of course, if you're ready to, you know, the thing is about the, the kind of food that we're throwing out there. It's not food that you get addicted to that you have to come back to us. It's like. Here it is. This is how you do it. Now go out and do it and help others.
0: Yep, that's exactly right. It's about the empowering of that information. That's what it's all about. Because once you become empowered, you can never become uh, susceptible again. You'll never be a victim again.
1: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. This is Advanced Medicine Monday on the Robert Scad Bell Show with Dr. Rashid Bittar. Of course, his uh, international best-selling book, The Nine Steps. To Keep the Doctor Away is a gift of healing that keeps on giving. If you have not picked up this book, by all means, this is something that will also transform your life well beyond our ability to to, to discuss with you a couple hours every week here. And, of course, Advanced Medicine Seminars also will serve to further bring that to life again. Houston, in November, will get you the dates and the places soon as well. We've talked about it a little bit on the air. Remember, also, the archives are available for download through a number of places, through iTunes, through Natural News Radio, through robertscottbell.com, through medicalrewind.com. And so you never have to miss. There is so much information that is just, just a flooding out there that it just can't be contained anymore. And, and despite the uh, week in and week out, uh, I just I look forward to this day every week.
0: Well, Robert, so do I always, no matter where I am. I look forward to, to, to it as well. Sometimes it's uh, not the most convenient thing to do. But I know that it has made a difference in many people's lives, and to be a part of that in some way, it, it's really an awesome thing. Because I never thought that I'd I'd be a co-host on a radio show. You know, three years ago, if somebody said that to me, I would have never thought that. And when we started this, I thought it was just be for. In a couple of months, but it's really moved, turned into a movement. So
1: yes, yeah, you were saying. We'll With what time am I going to do that? Are you? What are you kidding? <laughs> so yeah. we, and again, you've been great because we've been able to squeeze it. If people knew what you went through in some of these weeks to, to make it and not miss it, uh, it's it's amazing, amazing. When we come back from this break, I'm going to ask Doctor Batar about some issues regarding. Pregnancy. Complication free pregnancy. Because there's now a proposal. Uh, you this is a listener sent this to me on Medical Daily. This comes through. a new new types of vaccines that they're saying they're gonna vaccinate you to have a complication-free pregnancy? What? What the hell is going on here? Stand by, we'll talk about that with Dr. Batar on Advanced Medicine Monday after this.
2: Great heavens. What kind of radio show is this?
1: The Robert Scott Bell Show.
2: on bureaucrats and corporations that would stand in the way of health freedom. Here's Roberts.
1: Advanced Medicine Monday rocks on here with Dr. Rasha Bittar. He's out and about, and we got him. And there's a new type of vaccine. They were not giving up, Dr. Bittar. Not that we would expect them to. They're just going to throw their their so-called Hail Mary passes without any context of understanding what they do or if they do it's even worse but they're worried about these so-called preterm birth pregnancy complications and they're now somehow saying hey we can create a vaccine that could shut down the immune system of women who are pregnant and that will be great because that will uh, reduce complications i'm thinking on what on what planet are they operating these people
0: you know what's really exciting though about this robert is that when you start talking about reducing complications of pregnancy and giving the person a vaccine, that would be a very, very easy thing to monitor and see actually how much increase in complications were to occur mm-hmm. from this vaccine. In other words, you know, it, it's almost an absurd statement to even make that you could have a complication-free pregnancy by giving somebody a vaccine. So let's just see. Unfortunately, there's going to be some people that are going to suffer. Yeah. But, you know, in, a, in, in any kind of model that they would uh, test this in, it would be so obvious that the entire premise is flawed because all you're going to do, I mean, I don't even know the details, I'm sure you don't need to know the details that you're going to increase the complications of pregnancy if you give anybody any kind of vaccine because Mm -hmm. it's going to to have the same problems as all vaccines do.
1: Yeah, it says, here's the quote from the article, pre-term births and pregnancy complications can one day be avoided using a vaccine that quote, turns off the mother's immune response now that should frighten anybody because you don't want to have a non-immune mom you know mom to be i mean you know more susceptibility to all kinds of infections i mean that's not a good sign
0: they're trying to induce AIDS here yeah Human immune deficiency virus why do they call it that because it gets rid of the immune system so now what are they going to do they're going to they're going to give people something that's going to mimic hiv it's just so absurd and one thing that I think is important for listeners to really understand here is that when you deal with issues of cancer, for example, you cannot have cancer unless you have a compromised immune system, meaning an immune system that no longer works. And if your immune system does work, it's impossible for a person to get cancer. Not if you are trying to simulate an immune system that is no longer working, i.e. shutting down the immune system, you're in, essentially inducing the same um, environment that is What the body experiences when cancer becomes uh, an issue. Meaning that the immune system, by suppressing it, you are now allowing the perfect opportunistic scenario to occur for cancer to set up house.
1: Mm -hmm. I covered last week, Dr. Bittar, uh, more stories coming out, more science coming out on epigenetics. And they were talking about wow, imagine that. We now realize that if we feed moms and dads good quality food long before they ever become pregnant, that it alters genetic expression of the offspring. That literally nutrition matters. And here they are willing to inject toxic poisons and metal, who knows what else in this thing. And they actually had the gall they had the gall to say, we're going we're gonna to prevent type 1 diabetes where the immune system turns hostile. I'm thinking, don't they know their own vaccines are creating type 1 diabetes?
0: Yeah, well, that's the amazing thing that they, they either clearly are clueless or they're guilty of pulling the greatest uh, you know wool over people's eyes ever committed in the history of medicine. Uh, talking about epigenetics, it's really interesting in California one of the meetings that I had was with a, with a company that is doing some incredible work with epigenetics and uh, looking at uh, genomic profiles, looking at the gene profiles of individuals. And we're actually going to start offering this test where we can actually do a screening for the genetic predisposition and propensity to develop many of these different types of cancers. They've done an incredible, incredible amount of research on looking at um, published literature, where certain mutations on certain alleles, or certain polymorphisms, have been associated with a uh, increased risk in certain cancers. Which we know that there have been some of these that have been uh, used in certain types of genetic testing. But they've really put all of them together. They've got like 50,000 of the most common uh, alleles that they've identified, and I was really impressed with some of the data that they had. They've got one particular profile. That I believe is going to really have a tremendous impact on the world's population, and I just had mine done this this week, this past weekend, mm-hmm. while well, I was in California. But it's uh, looking at the effect of exercise on specific parameters uh, of the of the individual from a metabolism standpoint, from a cardiovascular risk assessment standpoint. And all these various uh, polymorphisms that they're looking for, for example, the MTHFR, which is one of the ones that I look for, the APLE that I look for, in my standard patients when we, they come, we look at the the neurogenomics and the toxigenomics, But they've got a whole complete gamut of looking at many of these different uh, uh, these these genes and seeing what the possibilities are. But it's all looking at the environmental trigger of those genes too, because now I tell the right. person you're at a higher risk factor for this or you're at a lower risk factor, you don't have to worry about it. But then they they give you steps that you can do to actually reduce those those risk factors. And those steps are all lifestyle modification things.
1: You mean they're not proposing genetically engineering you?
0: Exactly, or or pharmaceutical (laughs) intervention.
1: Yes, exactly. See, that's the difference. You went exactly where I wanted to go. That kind of testing could be looked on as, wait a second, that sounds pretty scary and suspicious, but if you use that information appropriately, what would you counsel people to do? Well, we know that these specific nutrient deficiencies will trigger that manifestation. These specific toxin proficiencies, if we can call it that, will also, let's counsel you this direction. No genetic engineering needed.
0: Yeah, you know, it's it so amazing for me to learn that there were 73 well-established uh, genetic uh, alleles that you can actually look at that have that define lifestyle modifications when it comes to just a fitness lifestyle. Meaning that some people may have a gene that defines the the taste of broccoli being bitter, and so that's one reason they don't eat as much vegetables. So if they're aware of the fact that the reason they don't like vegetables because they have this gene that defines this, they become more aware of why they don't like vegetables and will actually do something proactively in order to um, maybe make those vegetables taste better or do something so that they understand. This is an understanding of why I don't like vegetables, and they saw um, wow. the manifestation of this. In, a, in some literature that they they actually did their own study, and they found that there was a 97% improvement in lifestyle modification as far as suggestions that were made. There was a 97% increase in compliance once people understood why they had a certain genetic propensity, using this broccoli as an example. And they had 100% of the people say that it made a difference as far as Result in their desire to lose body fat and, and improve their health. That was just one of the parameters that they looked at. They actually did a study where there was a there was a nursing association here in California where they did this study. It was a two different groups. One was um, on the one had the test done and they were implementing the lifestyle modifications as suggested by this epigenetics uh, test versus another one where there was no testing done. And the results were so dramatic. I mean, people were losing. 30, 40 pounds more of body fat um, in the group that was aware of the genetics that they stopped the study and implemented in the entire, I think it's 20,000 nursing association group because it was that dramatic. They didn't they, they stopped the study midstream because it was such a dramatic uh, component, such a dramatic result by uh, the people that had actually implemented the testing within that particular group. So... I'm very excited about the use of this. I talked to the medical director also about the pharmaceutical aspect. Yes. And he said that, you know, there's a lot of of, uh, scratching heads right now, and they know that it's a battle that they're going to lose. And so they're scrambling right now to see how are they going to uh, deal with this genetic component because part of their testing, too, they have another panel that they're looking at where they can show that as an example, statin drug If you're on a statin drug in this particular patient population with this particular polymorphism, but being on the statin drug will induce a cardiomyopathy. Mm-hmm. Now that is something where the person didn't have a problem. They just may have had some elevated lipids, but now you start on this drug, you're going to induce a cardiomyopathy. And that particular patient, it is absolutely contraindicated to be on that statin drug. So this genetic testing is going to help even the conventional doctors realize that hey, okay. You know, we know that statins, I mean, you and I know that statins are not a good thing and that you should be on Coins mq 10 if you're going to be in a statin drug. But in certain patients, and I didn't know this, I mean, I knew about the, the hecatocellular carcinoma and some of these other types of muscle wasting type conditions, but cardiomyopathy actually being induced by the statin drug? Yeah. Well, you know, that's a, that's a huge iatrogenic issue. Sure, and sure. And to be able to decipher this way before uh, ever being put in that drug, and they've got many different categories of that testing. so anyway, I'm very excited about about this new component, and we we'll, mm-hmm. 're going to launch this probably before the advanced the next advanced medicine seminar in uh, november we 're going to have this implemented uh, along the not only our patient population but among our physician and very very provider.
1: very exciting and by the way, not so we, we, we could skip over it too fast. you did mention the coq10 statin if anybody out there is on a statin, I want to reiterate what Dr. Batar says, you must simply must because of the depletion of coq ten via the statin drug, which could in turn. Precipitate congestive heart failure as well So that, that's, a, that's a big issue We're not going to get into it today But I want to reiterate that We also have a question probably next segment We're going to pull in from the last advanced medicine seminar For Dr. Bittar We'll pull that in But you know what's neat about this is like we embrace advances We're not anti uh, let's say technology We know that technology can be utilized in good ways Unfortunately, those that want to monopolize it and enslave people with it, they, that's just not our way. And that's why they're struggling. As you said, the drug industry is like, oh, what do we do with this? How do we capture this? When the reality is their drugs are going to induce negative manifestations of genetic predispositions where we're trying to correct them, again, nutritionally, through detoxification, all the things that you write about in the nine steps to keep the doctor away.
0: Well, Robert, that's uh, the really exciting part for me because one of the things they told me was that they want me to give them input on which other genes they should make a panel out of because they're looking at all these different components, especially the detoxification component. And so I'm looking forward to looking at many, many of these genes. I mean, they've got, I don't know how many PhDs that are working, crunching numbers and data and going through studies, but there are so many different components that that impact the detoxification pathway, so many that we haven't even figured out yet. And to have a genetic profile that shows you where the impairment is based upon your genetic makeup, where the impairment maybe be, the, the polymorphism may exist, meaning the you know the, the mutation that may you got from your father, from your mother, yes. that may have paired that particular detoxification pathway. Not that we're going to get them all, but the more we know, the more people will understand. Okay, I will not be able to process this. Uh, you know, uh, vapor—that's the product of combustion of fossil fuels. So I need to make sure that I'm not in that environment, or that if I am in that environment, I'm going to wear a painter's mask, or I'm going to mm-hmm. wear some protective gear to allow me to ventilate uh, with a filtered mechanism in place. And so, just being aware of some of these things, you know, mm-hmm. it's going to be—it's going to make a big difference for many people. Me personally, I was—I got the profile for everything done on myself just so I can see. I've never tested myself in certain components, so Mm you know when I go to pump gasoline, I have no idea whether my body can process those persistent organic pollutants out of the the volatile hydrocarbons. So what do I do? I hold my breath when I pump gas. Now hopefully, maybe I won't have to if I find out. Oh, that'll be
1: be fascinating. And I know one thing that the the genetic testing will show that Dr. Batar questions authority. That is a definite. I don't even have to see the test.
0: Well, I won't
1: argue with you. <laughs> well, good thing, because we're on a break. Everybody check it out. Of course, MedicalRewind.com. We've got all the links at the notes today at Robertscottbell.com to the nine steps to keep the doctor away. Of course, the next Advanced Medicine Seminar in Houston in November. We've got that. We've got some questions coming up, and uh, we're going to pepper them in from you, the listener, and also those that came from the Advanced Medicine Seminar in Philly. So stand by for that, and lots more healing to go on the Robert Scott Bell Show after this.
2: The Robert Scott the Bell, Robert Bell Show. Scott Bell Show. Rocking the health world through the power of radio, it's the Robert Scott Bell Show.
1: Still pumped up about advanced medicine seminars and looking forward to the next one in Houston, Texas in November. We'll get to the details of that. But, uh, Dr. Bittar, of course, we had some great docs that I got to meet. Do you remember Dr. Jim Lemire? He's from yeah. Ocala. Nice, nice guy, integrative, holistic. He's an MD, and it was interesting because that later that week I went and I lectured in Port Orange, Florida, on health sovereignty, similar to what I did at the, the at, at your advanced medicine seminar. It was great, very well received. Afterwards, a doctor of chiropractic woman she came to me and she said hey yeah very nice to meet you enjoyed the conference um and my, my dad's a medical doctor and she tells me you know people joke because i'm a doctor of chiropractic and i have a dad who's an md they think what we clash all the time but i tell him my dad's as holistic sometimes more holistic than me i said well who's your dad he said well maybe you met him because i mentioned your book and i showed a whole picture of your book at the thing well he was just at that advanced medicine seminar i was like, you're kidding really in philly i was just there who was he and he said, she said, Dr. Jim Lemire. So oh, cool. uh, what a small world. How cool was that? I said, yes, I met your dad. He was awesome and, and really digging it. So uh, the word is out. And it's, just, it's a smaller community every day as these, these, we intertwine in this way that in ways I couldn't even predict. Well, it's uh,
0: really cool to hear that. And hopefully she'll be at the next one.
1: Yeah, I hope so. I definitely encouraged her to do that. And again, we're going to get out in a lot of places, I know. But she was very excited that her dad was there. And I told her that, uh, in fact, we featured her dad last week on the show with his questions about finding a natural physician. And and if you missed it last Advanced Medicine Monday, go and download it through MedicalRewind.com or all the other places. And you can hear the question and Dr. Batars' answer as well. So let's go to the Uh, A woman, I think Dale was there, and she asked this question uh, for you, Dr. Bittar, to answer on the air so more people can benefit. Are you ready? All right. Here we go. What's your name? Dale Canterman. If you could ask a question that would benefit, think of all the thousands of people that maybe weren't here, and we can answer it on Advanced Medicine Monday on the radio show. Uh, Maybe throw out a question for everybody to get a good answer for. If you're sick and tired or being sick and tired, how could that be reversed Oh, I remember Dale. She had the, the kind of northeastern New York accent. If you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, how can you be? A, how can you reverse it? I mean, isn't that the point? We have to get to that point where we're willing to make these changes.
0: Yeah, you know, it's it's an interesting question, but it, it, I would have to I would have to say that you need to start at the beginning, and the beginning is to in the in the seven toxicities. to start addressing those toxicities actually, Robert, this is going to sound like a very cheap attempt at a plug, but <laughs> honestly the book the book would be the best place for me, and that's the reason I wrote the book was the first place to start And in fact, if I you know knowing you as well as I do, I think that you actually purposely placed this. So we talk
1: about this. <laughs> you know what but, uh, it, it, it's very funny that you say that because one of my favorite moments of the advanced medicine seminar when your your baby brother and he's brilliant he is i mean top of the top of the heap at stanford law and he's very passionate about really some good things including the ndaa issue which we've covered here on the show with tangerine boland and others and one of the times he asked a question like that and you came back at him just like a big brother would read the dang book Read the book. I, it was. I just lost it. It was so great, but it was true. It's in there. It's in the book. Yeah,
0: I uh, I actually took the opportunity to mention that that he was the number one law student graduate of the number one law school in the country, Stanford Law, to everybody else, and then I just answered it because I wanted to put him. I to put him in his place. <laughs> so he's a, you know so that's why i said just read the book so anyway it, you know i hate to make
1: it that simple but no no it's it's appropriate i think that's a big question and yeah we could wax poetic about a lot of different things and we do i mean we we tackle individual things that we all should be doing but there's this guidebook and the nine steps to keep the doctor away that really lays it out like nobody had done before in a very comprehensive and enlightening and entertaining and education-informative way. And so it is appropriate to say, and yeah, I did set you up. You didn't know it, but uh, a classic case of I wanted to be able to relate about how you, how you took care of your baby brother.
0: Well, Robert, uh, let me tell you something else that's funny. You remember Sam from Dr. Harvard's office? yes. Okay, so Sam is there, and Sam has, you know, talked about the book to to his, uh, and they do a lot of uh, healthcare provider seminars and such, and uh, they've they've purchased a lot of books and and done, done a lot of distribution with the book. But it's funny that on the way home, Sam called me on the following day, Sam tells me that on the way home, he finally just actually opened the book. Mm-hmm. He said you know, he told me before he's read it, but I knew he hadn't read it. You can tell when a person's read it, because they'll come up and they'll initiate the conversation. And Sam goes, I read 68 pages of the book on the plane. He goes, when we landed, I went home and I read some more. And then my wife saw start, started reading it, and she said, I want you to get my own copy of the book. And Sam says, I remember, he's been he's been talking to people about the book for a year and a half, but he's never read it. he goes, Rasha, that book is really good. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like you, little liar! I knew
1: you hadn't read it. <laughs> oh man, they, you know it's it's very funny. But look, we realize too there's a lot of things distracting people's attention. A lot of people capturing attention. Economic challenges. Hence, case in point, why I brought up the uh, the other economic absurdity to the whole vaccine law that they just passed in California. I mean, they're literally broke, and their their answer to being broke is to say, "Hey, let's add more layers of bureaucracy in here that someone's going to have to pay for." We don't know how. I mean, it's 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 you know a level of insanity. I don't. I don't know that it's been reached before or at least in a long time. It isn't just the American empire uh, parading around the world with Louis Pasteur as its general. It's, you know, the state of California with vaccine laws. And literally, we could be educating all of the time if we could. But we've got to sleep, although you don't sleep a lot. <laughs> you keep going. But you put a lot of that effort into the book. And that's why I say, please, people, please get it. Read it.
0: Yeah, I, it just reminds me of Robert Rowan. I wrote about the book, Robert Rowan. Yes. Uh, for those who may not know who he is, he's the editor and chief editor of uh, Second Opinion Newsletter, which is the, I believe it's either the number one or number two health newsletter in the United States. It's got over, um, well over a couple hundred thousand subscribers, I believe. Yes. But any, Robert had written, I don't have a copy of the book, but uh, I don't know if you have one there, Robert, but he was something really interesting, because he's very politically active himself. Yes. And uh, he says, uh, Dr. Charles Knight, excuse me, Dr. Way, achieved in 386 pages what the federal you know, whatever it is, you know, and how many thousands of pages couldn't even address. So it, it was it was a really cool statement. I can't exactly remember. Maybe I should have quoted something. No, no, no.
1: That, listen, that's okay. I actually have interviewed Dr. Rowan over the years here, and he wrote a book about, you know, they own it all, including you, with a uh, guy named Ronald McDonald, of all things. And it was right, a right. stunning book on the economics issue of the Federal Reserve, the fiat money system, and how evil it is. And they really let rip, and I wrote a nice uh, comment on that book as well. It's, it's one that goes farther afield, because because it's it's quite scary to read how ominous the economic system in the play is that's going on right now to destroy people and enslave them that way.
0: Yeah, and it's uh, once you start understanding and realizing it, uh, the, the dots all start to fit. You know, the pieces of the puzzle all start to come together, and you start realizing how the economic sector, the health sector, uh, the, the the financial sector—it's all intertwined and it's all being played um, by master puppeteers but it appears that the the game is um you know, people are becoming aware of what the game is and uh maybe the puppet masters are now becoming to becoming into a state of uh, slight panic if you will because they're, yes. they're realizing some of the things aren't working out the way that they expected and uh, and that that's where we come back to the 2012 you know full circle that uh mm-hmm. I believe that that awareness is increasing and and it's an
1: exciting time of your life. Well it is, and in many ways we see that there may, may be an attempt to have some kind of scorched earth policy, as they used to call it, uh, regarding other, other uh, let's say military scenarios, that the economic powers that be literally are just going to uh, cut and run because they don't have any option. but the, the question is, will the people be ready. And this is where when we did the advanced medicine seminars, what I love so much about what was able to be discussed there, it wasn't just purely about physiology. I mean, literally, there was all aspects when we were talking and answering on the panel. There were questions that went right into the emotional realm, the spiritual realm, and as well the economic realm. And if, and if anybody wanted to test us to say, are you guys really doing that comprehensive thing? Yes. In fact, that's what made me even more excited about it. I knew what the potential was, but seeing it and being there, Really showed me that yeah, there's nobody. Nobody's going to be shorted on this. The the whole thing will be delivered.
0: Did you notice, Robert, how all the people on the panel, without you know, not necessarily having a great deal of interaction with each other, did did you notice how we tracked how each one was tracking on the same line? It was a parallel course. It was there was no conflict between any of the people that were presenting. There was no. I mean, different people had different perspectives and different components mm-hmm. to that perspective, but they were all moving in the same direction, sometimes almost the exact same direction, but in, in in the general direction, everybody was on the same track. And that was what was exciting to me because so many times seminars, you have people that come and presenters that come, and you have a hodgepodge of information that's disjointed, that doesn't make a lot of sense because the, the previous presenter's information conflicted with the next presenter's. Right. Come, uh, Very to
1: common, to yes.
0: And, and yet here we were all on, on parallel track. Everybody was on the same, synonymous uh, road.
1: Yep, and if you'd like to experience it again, advancedmedicineseminars.com is where to check it out. Dr. Rasha Bittar will be there, and we'll talk more about that in the coming weeks, but make your plans, Houston, Texas. Stand by, we got a one more segment to go. Oh my gosh, it goes so fast when we get together for advanced medicine with Dr. Rasha Bittar. So we'll be right back.
2: You're listening to the Robert Scott Bell Show. Robert Scott the Bell Robert Show. Scott Bell Show.
1: Another question from listeners here on Advanced Medicine Monday. Who better to ask with me right now? Dr. Rasha Batar? And this one comes from Leo D. And Leo, he writes, Robert, I have lumps popping up under my skin. I was told they are fatty tumors, and the only way to remove them is to cut them out. They're on my forearm, biceps, triceps, abdomen, and thighs. Is there anything I can do to get rid of them without cutting them? cutting them cutting the open leo asked that so uh what's your perspective i know you've seen issues like this
0: right well there's two different types of these fatty benign tumors one's called a lipoma and one's called a hybaroma, which is really a brown fat uh tumor Mm -hmm. benign yep and the general conventional method of treating these is really that if it's causing a pain issue or a, a mass effect issue meaning that's you know, causing compression on a nerve and it's causing irritation right then to have it surgically uh, removed and essentially it's just a uh, it, it, you just basically create an incision and then it usually just pops out it's, it's almost like a capsular type issue think of it as a you know as a pimple robert you would pimp the pop the pimple and it kind of the little white right it looks like it. A,
1: almost and a li- little cyst that just comes right out easily
0: Exactly. Exactly. So that's the that's the conventional way of treating it. I honestly don't have any other solution Mm -hmm. uh, to that because you know we've never I've never had anybody present to me asking if uh, you know that they had a problem with this. Now, in some of the cases of fibromyalgia, sometimes you'll see people that come and present with uh, those type of tumors all over too. Mm -hmm. And generally speaking. Detoxing, uh, detoxifying an individual, mm-hmm. they will see an improvement. Like the people that are treated for fibromyalgia and chronic fatigue, that end up having a, multiple lesions all over. These are different from the fibroids, and we've seen some people have some improvements in their not total resolution, but improvements. But of course, the other symptomology improves too. So whether or not there is an association of toxicity, it's hard to really elucidate. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't have anything else. I don't have any magic bullets that I could really throw towards that. That's no, but from perspective, you, would that be
1: some. Yeah, you you actually grab. Right where we went, it's not a a quick fix, but I I, case in point my mother, who's now 78, I've talked about her on no drugs. This was uh, about 15 years ago or so. She had had some of these two of them that were rather large on her upper back. And they, you know, as she was getting healthier, in fact, by detoxing, changing her diet, they actually got bigger, they got worse, and they were causing her a lot of pain. And, of course, her friends were all telling her, oh, my gosh, it could be cancer. You must get it cut out. But she was under the care of my mentor in homeopathy. We worked with her with remedies, including hepar, sulfur, calcarea, which is the classic remedy for any kind of cyst-like uh, expression of the skin. And as we continued to work and work and work, eventually the body pushed this stuff out through the skin. And literally chunks of hard tissue had, had basically consolidated. And it was so toxic. It was like the body was strengthening and said, we're going to put this right in here, and we're not going to let it back out, and the body eventually threw it out. Now, not everybody's as patient to work long-term this way. I thought, in fact, a Buick was going to drive out because the thing got so big, but uh, she stuck it out to her credit, and she's much healthier because of it. I think it prevented a serious cancer from happening.
0: Well, that's uh, really good information to know. I think that there may be, there may be some type of uh, um, Indian herb that a patient of mine had mentioned to me that they had some of these problems and they took this herb. They were rec- it was recommended to them by mm-hmm. a uh, Arizo- some uh, shaman, Indian tribe shaman in Arizona,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and tried this particular herb and they said they had great results from it and it resolved everything within about a three month period. I don't know what the name of that herb was, uh, but again, I have a feeling that it would probably have something to do with upregulating the and one of the pathways of detoxification and probably right. enhancing the liver-kidney uh, access, possibly the, the gastrointestinal access. But um, short of that, I really don't have any other...
1: No, and we do get. and we do know of, like, the Native American black salve that's been called Cansema as well. And, boy, the FDA tracked people all over the world to stop that from happening because it was literally eating the cancer. It's a vicious treatment, but at the same time, it didn't require... Uh, toxic chemotherapy or radiation or even surgery in those cases, so it kind of went outside of their uh, accepted treatment.
0: Yeah, that's something that a lot of people have used. It is, it is kind of an aggressive treatment though because you see a, mm-hmm. almost the opening that it creates. Uh, I guess it acts as an astringent and pulls the the cancer cells out or the tumor out. So I have some had some people, some patients that have actually used that part them coming to us. And it is pretty harsh. That yeah, pretty they, say, harsh.
1: they said it's very painful. But look, we're all about having people have the access to all of the information and substances that they want to try rather than the other way around. That's why this is, you know, such a, a growing, let's say, a movement as we talk about advanced medicine, because it's not one that's restrictive. It's the one that, that re- releases all the information for the people so they can make those informed decisions. And now we're not talking about the kind in of California where they say you're 12 and you can make an informed decision. Yeah,
0: exactly. And I think the 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 point with this uh, black salve thing or anything else for that matter, you know, we're saying it's pretty, it's pretty harsh treatment, but, you know, when you look at it from a perspective comparing it to chemotherapy, it's not harsh at all or radiation is not harsh at all. So mm-hmm. it's a relatively speaking compared to the types of treatments we normally do that aren't, uh, that aren't detrimental to the human body where you're not losing your hair and you're not losing your, um, you know, platelet counts and you're not losing your white blood cell counts. Compared to that, it's pretty harsh. But compared, uh, I mean, compared to our former treatments, which is more holistic treatments, and you don't have those type of side effects. It's harsh, but compared to chemo and radiation, of course, it's not harsh at all.
1: No, so, and, and what is extra not harsh is you coming to the Houston event coming up on the 16th and the 17th of November. Advanced Medicine seminars coming to Texas, Houston, Texas, and of course, the doctors start on one day. And we want to make this very clear to all our doctor listeners. There are plenty from all over the planet. You come down, plan to stay for the full two days. It's not just doctors one day and laypersons. It's everybody on the second day. And I think, as you said, the docs had even more fun on the second day.
0: Well, they did. They got more information because they were able to see the perspective of the patient, too, because now they're they're on the same playing field. It's usually you know, doctor, patient, doctor, patient, patient, doctor. Now they're together and they're having the opportunity to ask the same kind of questions. And we actually had really a unique uh, component there, Robert, if you think about it, because some of the doctors from the audience were able to help answer some of the questions. And, and we even pulled up one of the doctors that's an answer doc that's gone mm-hmm. through my training program, the the long five-day training program, brought her up on the panel. And and also just, just as another point of... Uh, just a side note to mention, it's not, when, I say, when we say doctors, it's not really doctors, it's providers. So, in other words, if you are a healthcare provider and, you know, you're not a, uh, a medical doctor or a doctor of chiropractic, doctor of naturopath, mm-hmm. but, but let's say you're, you're, a, you're a healthcare provider, you're, you're a therapist, you do like a dermal screening or, you know, you do massage therapy or something, you are welcome to attend the provider session because yes. you are in a position of helping others get better, get healthier, and, and so we expect you to, to come to that uh, first mm-hmm. day. And then the second day, the only reason we have it separate is to make sure that that second day is focused all on the patients, but the providers need to be aware of that. The reason we separate the providers is only so that we can help the providers come up to speed on what they can do to help the people yes. that are coming to get,
1: get their assistance. A- exactly. The and we want to help you help them. So come both days. Plan on it. Listen, we're out of time here, Dr. Batar. Awesome, as always. Check it out online, advancedmedicineseminars.com. I have the links in the show notes today at robertscottbell.com, the nine steps to keep the doctor away. If you haven't picked that up, the links are up there as well. Give us a call if you want your question answered on Advanced Medicine Monday by dialing 866-939-BELL, 866-939-2355. All I am left to do with the time we have left, Dr. Patar, is remind everybody listening, that means you, that the power to heal is yours.
2: The Robert Scott the Bell, Robert Bell Show. Scott Bell show.